everyone. Welcome back to Central American Voices. This is Susan Garcia. Hola, bienvenidos a Voces Centroamericanas. Mi nombre es Alejandra Quiroz. Le agradecemos por sintonizarnos una vez más. So on today's episode, we talk about the census and what this means for our community. We talk with Shaharazad and Julio, who are working at SALA, which is the Salvadoran American Leadership and Educational Fund, and are directly working with the census this year. Thank you, Shaharazad and Julio, for being here today. Oh, thank you for, for having us here today. We're really excited to talk about the census. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate the space. It's very important information. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Okay, well, um, I'm Shaharazad Encinas. I'm from San Diego. My mom is from Guatemala, and my dad is from New Mexico. And um, I went to Cal State Northridge, where I majored in Central American <laughs> Studies, yeah, and got a minor in Spanish language journalism. After I graduated, I went to work in Costa Rica for about a year, uh, working as a reporter for an English language newspaper, and then decided I want to go to graduate school. Ended up at uh, the University of Arizona in Tucson, where I have a double, where I received a double master's in um, Latin American studies and journalism. So a lot of what I've been doing is still very connected to to the Central American community, whether it's my reporting or teaching. And now, um, after almost seven years of being in the desert, I've I'm back in California, and I teach at Cal State Northridge in the Department of Central American Studies, so yay. <laughs> and I'm also working um, at Salif as a census education specialist with um, one of my closest friends, Julio, and we actually met as undergrads in college. So, Julio? <laughs> yes, um, we... Um... We met at Casa Northridge, which, you know, we, we um, started organizing there with the community. I am a, a queer Salvadoran immigrant. I've been living in L.A. for about, um, I would say, 17 years now. Um, <laughs> and I also work as a, a HIV counselor and tester and mostly focus with the LGBTQ plus Latinx community here uh, in Los Angeles. So we are kind of like we have our, our fingers dipped, dipped in everywhere, which makes makes it a great space for us to kind of reach different communities. Uh, and all together with the census has been uh, proving really useful for us. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, you guys, for being here. Thank you, Shaharsad and Julio. Um, so uh, jumping right um, into. Uh, or topic of today, um, if you guys can give us a background, what's, what is the census to many people like, um, that they don't know what is the census? Well, the census is it's uh, this uh, counting of all the people there are in all in the country. The purpose of this counting is to determine who lives where and uh, at the same time determining what resources that particular community needs. For example, in if uh, if a city has an overwhelming majority of women, there will be more ser uh, um, services allocated that will cater to women's needs. For example, it is important uh, because it also determines your political power at the um, local, state, and federal level. It also becomes a, a after after um, seventy two years, I believe, it becomes a, a historical record. So it becomes like a, a snapshot of the of the nation every ten years. Right. And the census cannot be used against you at all. So if you give your information, it 
you know, the government's not going to collect it, come back and, and come and look for you because, um, the way that the census department, that the bureau works is that only people that work for the census have access to that information. So everyone that works for the census, whether you're an enumerator, so somebody that goes door to door collecting information, or you're working like straight in the department, in the building, and you're looking at information, um, of, uh, you're looking at data, um, you take an oath, right? You take an oath that you will not divulge any information outside of um, the census. And you know, more, so, um, sorry. Um, no, go ahead, Julio. More importantly, something that I like to make emphasis is that also, it's very important to know what is the census and also what mm-hmm. is in the census. We see constantly how people are taking advantage of this uh, opportunities to, you know, you know, just profit from our community. And that's uh, and so it, basically the, the eight to 10 questions that you'll find here at the census, um, you will... This is the only information that you will be required to report, and it's all self-reported. It's like no one from the census will ask you any other information that is not already in the questionnaire, meaning what if somebody asks you for credit cards or social social securities or proof of where you were born, that person does not work for the census. Nobody from the census will ask you any other than the questions that are in the questionnaire. Right. Okay. So if they're asking you for your bank for your bank statements, no, bye. <laughs> that is not a census person, right? And also, this is completely protected by the Constitution. Absolutely, yeah. Title. Okay. So one of the re- one of the main reasons that we're finding as we interact with folks and we do presentations all around the inner city or the West Lake MacArthur Park, South LA area, we do presentations, and one of the things that we find is people one. Um, there's a lot of factors that, that influence why people are scared to do it or refuse to do it or just kind of like disregard it. One, because there's a lot of confusion like um, on uh, other documents that are going around. For example, there are neighborhood um, questionnaires that are going around. There's also voter registration. So I'm not being able to understand what the census is. It just You just simply see that questionnaire or that voter registration and you completely disregard it. Another thing that um, I make uh, make sure that our community understands is like the census is not a a um, U.S. exclusive situation. The the census happens all around the world, and it's um, it has the same purpose. It has the same kind of idea of like, seeing who's who's where and what needs do they have. So it's important for us to like make sure that they understand that this this census would happen anywhere else. Right. There's even a scene in um in Ishkanul in the film Ishkanul where um they come in and they take the census of the family that um of the the main characters in the film. So I mean it happens in Guatemala, it happens in Mexico, it happens everywhere. Um it might not be taken as serious or, or people might not believe in it as much. Um as we do here, because um, what the government has invested over $600 million, I think even more, um, in census outreach and education. And something I want to really emphasize is that I completely and fully understand why our communities are 
scared to do it or are scared to fill it out. One is because we we don't have enough reassurance that um, our information will not be shared. Um, mm. We also are, you know, we are fighting against a lot of a lot of things that uh, for our community for years we've been telling them, don't open the door. If you if you knock, if somebody knocks on the door, don't open the door. You know, know your yeah. rights. And now we are telling right. them quite the opposite. You know, like you know, just you know, participate <laughs> in the census and yeah, uh, open up the door for this government employee. Correct. So you know, we understand all these particularities that that affect our community, especially immigrant community, and even more so indigenous immigrant communities, which you know may not be um, you may not be able to read Spanish. Or um, or reading is not something it's not the primary form of communication. So you know all of these particularities make make a, a conglomerate of things that make our community at large scared. And you know that nunca falta el chisme. I was like, yo no lo voy a llenar, pues nadie lo llena. So we're trying to like uh, take advantage of this same uh, dynamic and tell people exactly what the census is. What what does this, the the census enumerator looks like? And the kind of questions that you will be asked, so people feel more comfortable. And even then, I I will always advise people: you don't have to open the door for anybody. You don't have to let anyone in uh, anywhere. You can answer from your door, and no one will be able to force any um, confirmation or any uh, authority on top of you. I was gonna say that's interesting because you know, I'm someone who does try to keep a little bit more informed, but. Two, literally two days ago, my younger sister, who's now 17 and with my family in New York, she calls me and she's like, Susan, like, I'm filling out the census. Like, should I submit it? And my parents are undocumented. And so I'm just like, uh, you know, I think you can, but I'm not quite sure because all I know is that, is that I've read headlines being like, should undocumented people fill out the census? And especially with this whole dispute about because there was going to be this question about legal status and whether or not that could jeopardize our families and community safety. And so not even I could really get an answer. And so imagine I have a lot of resources, you know, I have, I have English language skills and I couldn't figure that out. And I was unsure. So I imagine it's a very widespread and a very, a problem that's very much related to trust because even when I read, yes, it's fine. I'm just like, can I really though? So the the citizenship question will not be asked at all. That was something that the Trump administration was was pushing um, for for a little bit, and I think more than anything, they were pushing it as a way um, as a scare tactic to mm-hmm. discourage people from from taking the census. Um, but the citizen, mm-hmm. citizenship question will not be on there whatsoever. They don't even ask for social security. They're not going to ask for an alien number. So whether you're here with documentation or without, that is not, um, mm-hmm. you know, that is not a factor, a factor at all. Um, so, um, and yeah. other, other things that the, you know, it, that happens in our communities a lot is that, for example, in a house, you may have three different households, completely different households be, uh, living in the same property. Uh, I like to put different examples because I know that they happen a lot in our community. One is, um, you know, you have a house that's a duplex, for example, and you have the mm-hmm. main family in the front, and then they rent out the back house to another family, and, you know, they have a converted garage they rent to another couple. 
Mm-hmm. So when they ask them, like, who, so who counts in here? Who counts in this property? The answer mm-hmm. is always going to be everyone that lives in that property. Everyone counts. Children, elders, male, female, everybody, everybody, everybody uh, counts because the resources will be allocated for all of us. Absolutely. Um, so, it, so if um, ideally, uh, if everybody gets along in that property, they can come and sit down together, hacerse un cafecito, sentarse y llenar el censo todos juntos en una media hora y todo se acabó. Pero sin, if, if they don't, they happen sometimes that the family in the front does not get along with the house in the back and they don't even talk to the one mm-hmm. in, the, in, mm-hmm. in the little converted garage. What happens is like all those people will be able to fill out their own uh, form and the census will take care of um, taking care of the duplicates. So, for example, okay. if in a perfect world, everyone in this in one, two, three Main Street Get, get together, un cafecito en una tarde, se hizo todo. Pero si no, pueden, la familia de, de la casa de enfrente puede hacer su propia forma, la de la atrás puede hacer su forma y la del garage puede hacer su propia forma. Mm-hmm. Now, how can they do it if they don't have a form that will get to your house? Or maybe the, the reminders just get to, to the house in the front. So you can always um, call and fill it out online, which is kind of like uh, some of the innovative things that the census has been uh, doing is that we are now able to access the census via online. Yeah, so this is the first time that the that the census has been available online. So mm-hmm. everyone has access to it. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your laptop, on your tablet. Um, LA was offering um, kiosks. So if you didn't have access to internet or or data and you wanted to do it, you could come to uh, like public libraries or um, a lot of organizations. Um, For example, Salif um, had offered a space for a computer and a phone for people to come and do it. But because of the... um, the pandemic right now, uh, these kiosks don't exist, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it at home. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we're all home anyways. Why not take a couple minutes to do the census? True. I just have a question. Um, so I have actually the census in my hand right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what is one of those questions that people are more afraid of? Because, um, I know there's a lot of confusion when a like person's race, um, I know it asks in the front page, like your phone number, it asks about your name. There's some people that, you know, like me, I don't like to put my phone number in something that, you know, I don't want to receive calls from XOXX thing. Right. So are those an issue or like what, what question those people are usually more confused in the census? So before we continue that, I mm-hmm. just want to be clear that if you do not complete all the questions, so for example, if you're only one person in your in your household, right, apartment, studio, whatever, and you skip a question because you don't want to put in your phone number, right, then mm-hmm. guess who's coming knocking on your door up to at least up to six times? The census. Yes, oh. right? Okay. So the reason, for example, the phone number, the only reason that that phone number is on there is if on one of the is if on the questionnaire you didn't answer a question 
then they're just oh, going to call okay. to verify. That's it. Mm. You're not going to get a text message saying, hey, don't forget to tell your neighbors to do the census, right? Tell your family or something like that. No, the mm -hmm. phone number is just there um, for the head of household. So not everybody in the house is going to get asked that question. So it's okay. only for the yeah. head of household that's going to have that um, that question of the telephone number there. And it's just to verify um questions that weren't answered on, on it, the it, questionnaire. It doesn't need to verify anything. Yeah. So if you, okay. you fill out your census correctly, you fill out all the questions, nobody will come and knock on your door, no, no one will call you back, uh, call you on the phone. And um, so basically, it, there it's nine questions for the for the head of household. And mm -hmm. the, ninth, the additional ninth question, ninth question is the phone number. And since we're talking about the head of household, um, it doesn't have to be the person that makes more money. It for sure doesn't have to be the man of the house. It doesn't have to be anybody. It just um, I the way I make it, I make it to people is like whoever is the most savvy with questionnaires, that person should be the head of household. You know okay. what I mean? I was actually yeah, I was actually gonna ask that because you know like I usually I'm the one filling out all the form from my mom and my brother, right? And so it's like if if you ask me who's the head of household, it's my mom, but usually who fill it out is me. Yeah. So, like, should I be the head of household? Absolutely, kind of absolutely. Okay. Head of household, again. And uh, something that I, 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 I go ahead and repeat as many times as many times as I can is, this is all self-disclosure. It's all self-reporting. So that we're, we're going to get to that particular part you know, once we get to the, to the questions, uh, eight and nine. But, yeah, the, the head of household is the person that could be the most accessible to answer any questions related to the census. That's the way I... Like the most simple way I can do it, um, yeah, like in your case, for example, if your mom is not very savvy filling out the, the, the forms, just have, have you be the head of household. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, that happens a lot um, in, in our families, right, where, you know, as a child, it's just easier for you to, to fill out and to translate for your parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that doesn't, Yeah. But now, um, the, the the questions that basically um, drive the conversation the most um, <laughs> is definitely question uh, eight and nine. And mm -hmm. I will read it to you just because, like, there there's very important sometimes that when we when we I read this 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 instruction two or three times before I even go to the question because I will I know for our uh, our communities is really difficult to understand how political this this. Um, these categories are. Okay. Um, so the, the census questionnaire will say, note, please answer both questions eight about Hispanic origin and question nine about race. For this oh, census, goodness. Hispanic origin is not, are, are, are not racist. So I will say that again, for this census, Hispanic origins are not racist. So for our community, we identify as Hispanic, Latino, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the only, you know, the only, el, el emblema que cargamos por todos lados. Pues sí. Uh -huh. Ahora, cuando le venís a decir a, a nuestra comunidad, no, sí, su identificación como Latino, Hispano está bien, pero no cuenta como raza. La gente se queda bien, bien confundida. Se quedan así como uh -huh. que, entonces, ¿qué voy a poner? Si no, uh -huh. soy, otra, no soy otra cosa más que Latino. Uh -huh. So um, question, uh, the question is like, is person one, which meaning in this case will be the head of household, 
or whatever person is assigned uh, decided to be person number one, is person number one of Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin. The boxes will say to what will give you the option. So it's like no, not of Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin. The second the second option is yes, Mexican, Mexican American, or Chicano. So if you are Mexican, Mexican American, Chicano, that's the one you you mark. Yes, Puerto Rican. Yes, Cuban. And yes, another Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin. For example, Salvadoran, Dominican, Guatemalan, etc., etc., etc. Ahora, ¿qué pasa si como algunos de nosotros somos mitad salvadoreños, mitad mexicanos, somos mitad de aquí, mitad de allá? Entonces, ¿cómo, va, cómo lo vamos a contestar? De igual manera, si usted es mexicano... Usted pone, su, eh, pone aquí, sí, soy mexicano, mexicoamericano o chicano, eh, y puede abajo poner salvadoreño. Okay. Uh -huh. Entonces, uh -huh. si tiene más, pues ahí le dan, le dan oportunidad de, de autoidentificarse lo mejor que pueda. So, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's not too bad. Everybody's like on board. I have everybody on board. Yeah. On the same yes. Until we get There's to a way to navigate it. <laughs> But like, yeah, again, all of these questions are about the way that you identify. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I mean, even for question eight, if you if you're like half Mexican or if you're half Mexican and half Guatemalan and you don't identify as Mexican, then you can just put down Guatemalan, right? Because it's all about your identity. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have I have a question about that. Uh, what if you identify as both? Like, you just have to put like both. Like in the, in the well, they don't the give you the option for both, but you are allowed to mark down. For example, if you're if you're Puerto Rican and and Dominican, right? So mm -hmm. you can mark down yes, Puerto Rican, and then at the bottom the yes um, for another Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin, and then you write in Dominican. Okay. Okay. So now, okay. Um, question number nine. Oh my God, that's the one I'm so confused. Yes, let's just dive in all together. Um, what, is, what is person number one race? Mark and on one or more of the boxes, one or more boxes and print origins. Okay, so we have the first, the first um, cajita, we have white. And print, for example, German, Irish, English, Italian, Lebanese, Egyptian, etc. So I, I take this particular example to stop and tell people like see how political these divisions are that Egypt is in, in, in Africa and here we're marking it as white. Yeah. So mm -hmm. just so, just so people don't get right. too hung up on what it is, what 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 this whiteness or this white idea that, that is portrayed in the census, where it's more like understand that at this point. You can you will have to identify <laughs> as closely as you can and you will self-identify. Right. At the very mm -hmm. least we have the, yeah. the power of identifying as however we see fit. Um, mm -hmm. the second category is black, African American, and it's a print, for example, African American, Jamaican, Haitian, Nigerian, Ethiopian, Somali, etc. etc. So um this also a very good opportunity to um bring up our Afro-Latino communities mm -hmm. where they can be, for example, they can mark from Honduras, but identify maybe as Garifuna and put the Garifuna 
identity there or uh, put any other. Well, no, because the Garifuna one would go under. Yeah. Sorry. The next yeah, box. It would be like yeah, Afro Indigenous. Yeah, but for, yeah. for Afro for Afro Latino folk like Haitian, for example, we mm-hmm. know there's a growing Haitian population in in Mexico, for example, and that that would right. be an opportunity mm-hmm. um, for for folks to to, um, to for folks to identify as Afro Latino to bring out their identity as well. And the last one is American Indian, Alaska Native, and this is the the first time that they're including all the nations from all the Mayan nations, the Aztec nations, et cetera, et cetera. So you can put whatever identity whatever indigenous group you identify with you can mark it there and then you have other chinese filipino asian korean etc cetera, etc cetera, other other asian um uh, identities and at the end we have some other race and that is again with the purpose of you identifying however you want to identify so this is the box that most people like the majority of latinos and hispanics will mark down some other race and then put in guatemalan salvadoran Honduran. um but just a heads up by you doing that when the census person reads that they're going to automatically take that and count you as white mm-hmm. oh wow what at, yeah. At the end of the day, Why? the census will not leave an empty question. So yeah. whether you want to fill it out yourself, however you want to identify, but if you if you refuse to answer the calls or knock or the knocks on the door, the census will fill it out for you. It may not be what whatever you want to identify as. So our, my best advice is like I understand that there is a lot of things that can be improved. And definitely we will keep an eye on and hopefully pass the torch to other leaderships. So in 10 years, we'll have a more comprehensive census. But as of right now, this is what we have to deal with and we have to do it as best as we can. Right, Right, because 10 years ago, that question number eight, where we're able to break down who we are as Latinos, Mm -hmm. was non-existent. Mm-hmm. It was under under white. So, what is a person's race? White, and they give you the examples, and then they'd have Hispanic on it, and that was know. it. But now Ooh. we get this question where we're able to self-identify as far as breaking down who we are. And again, this is all about identity and representation. So, I I kind of have a question. So, uh, you said that you know for people that identify as a Garifuna Misquito. Um, indigenous groups so that you know, uh, Mayan descent, um, Aztec descent, Pipil, and all the groups in our, you know, the Central American community, they most likely fill out the sep- the section for American Indians. Correct. So we we can't tell you what what to write. <laughs> no, I know, I know, um, but I'm just saying, like, is is that that, that would be the most? That would be the expectation. So if, if you're Kiche, right, that okay. would be what we would recommend for you okay. to fill in is the American Indian. But that doesn't mean that you can't go down and put in, you know, in some other race, you can put in Guatemalan or go to white okay. and put in Guatemalan. Sure. Because, okay. I mean, in reality, we all it, have the indigenous roots. Yeah. It, so I have... Yeah. yeah. So I have another question. Yeah, but like I for Alejandro is more. Ref- Sorry, go on. Yeah. Well, no, no. I just, I just want. I have another question. Like for myself, I don't identify. You know, like I, I am a mestiz. I don't. You know, I don't take. 
that I, I am indigenous, right? Because I'm a mestiza, like for myself, can I just, and as an advice and many people who identify as mestizos, because, you know, we, we don't grow up in that more indigenous way. Um, can we go and put some other race and put mestizo? Or do we have to put like, what are, or for example, like other people, like I think my brother asked me, well, well I miss this like, and, and I'm going to put like American Indian, I'm going to put that I'm half Lenka. You know, it's, 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 is it that how it works for mestizos to identify as mestizos or? Well, again, um, when, when it comes to race, mm-hmm. it, it just becomes um, whatever. Whatever you see in the, in these boxes that best fits your identity is what we're recommending mm-hmm. you to go with. Because okay. um, at the end of the day, like it's it's all all self disclosing, and no mm-hmm. one's gonna be a comment and and ask you for verification. Oh, you're half yeah. Lenka. Well, let me show. Let me let me see the half Lenka. Uh, <laughs> no one's gonna do that. Yeah. So it, it's also like how you want to identify. This is the time you can empower yourself to do identify however you want to identify. Okay. okay. So, so just one more follow up question mm-hmm. for this section: Do you have to fill out one box, or can you fill out multiple? You can fill out multiple. Yes. Okay. Okay. Multiple. I think that mm-hmm. helps a lot more. Because it I was does. thinking, for example, you know, what thinking about like the Garifuna, like thinking about like Afro Indigenous community, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like okay, like they, it's a hybrid, you know, it, they're not mutually exclusive, and so having to pick one could make it even difficult. But I, if you can pick more than one, then I think that's a little bit of a relief for certain groups in the Central American community. Right, because now we have a, a growing um, Asian Latino community, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, right, that would yeah, be that too. I, I mean, so this this is you're allowed to mark one or more boxes, right? So it, it's okay. However, you I identify. Okay. I know. Yeah. So questions eight and nine. Uh, when Julia and I give these um, <laughs> presentations and and talks, uh, our presentations are quick and they're fun and they're interactive. But once we get to these questions, like That's the conversations. Fun. Our, our, our talks take a, a lot longer because people get so frustrated. They get mad. Like you have people that get really mad over this because I mean, yes. So let's, let's be clear about the census is political. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but, but at the end of the day, we want to, we want to have them uh, focus on what's really important. Not, mm-hmm. that it's not important. Of course it is important. Important. But at the end, the things that this can be changed in 10 years. I know mm-hmm. it's not a great hope, but there is some hope. What could be hopeless is if we don't get, we, if we don't get counted and we don't uh, get those resources, that is hopeless because that is just not going not, not to come back in, until 10 years. Um, just, so, just so we give a um, kind of like an, a visual, like a mental shot of what it is. It's like each person that's, that does not get counted in each community counts for about $2,000 per year, per 10 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if you, if you think of the 400,000 people that were not counted in the LA County alone, how much money is that? We're talking about close to $2 billion that could have come to our services for our communities. So right. 
I encourage people to like definitely advocate for your identity. Absolutely. All day, every day. I am here for it. If I can be a tool, I'll help you facilitate that. But let's not lose sight of what really is important and it's like making sure that our communities are getting the resources that we need. Education, healthcare, all these basic human needs that we that we have. Even our, our, our community uh, service providers, they will be affected if there's no funding to for all these nonprofits that do the work that, that we do. And that's why it's important for everyone, everybody to be counted. Cada persona cuenta. And I mean, that's a lot of money. Uh, you know, Julio said 400,000 Latinos or 400,000 people were unaccounted for in LA County. 10 years ago, that's over a billion dollars that didn't come into our communities. And of those 400,000, we have 47,000 Latino youth who were not counted. $47,000. So what's 47,000 times what? $20,000. Mm-hmm. Whatever that number is. It's a, lot. It's a big number. We know that. We don't need the specific. We know it's big enough. <laughs> you know, so it's a lot of money. And I mean, so along with everybody counts, we're talking about babies count, right? Toddlers count. It's not just yeah. the, adult, the adults who pay the bills and, and who consume. No, it's everybody. So if you're pregnant on April 1st and you give birth on April 1st, that baby's counting. Also, mm. another thing that, uh, well, two more two more questions that I wanted to, or things that I wanted to address. Uh, one is speaking of what Shahara said is, is um, talking about, you know, we have households, for example, of like uh, divorced households where yes. the, the kid or like the person spends, you know, three days at mom's house and four days on dad's house and whatever, and you know, or, or se pasan seis meses aquí, seis meses en Texas, seis meses por allá. Entonces, o con los suegros o familia que viene a visitar los abuelitos que vienen y pasan seis meses o ocho meses con uno y después se regresan a, a sus países. Entonces cuando le decimos si esa, per- donde, si esa persona está aquí en abril primero, donde, donde está la persona en abril primero, ese día, ahí es donde se va a contar. Pero, okay. mm. I mean, if you have family that's only visiting for a couple days and they happen yeah, to be there April 1st, right? Then, then don't count them, right? Unless they're here every other month, you know? Okay. They stay for weeks at a time. Um, okay. But yeah, so, I mean, April 1st was supposed to, and the reason that we keep on going back to April 1st, not because it's April Fool's Day, right? Um, but because that was the official census day. So there was supposed to be this, you know, the, this huge campaign for April 1st. Now everybody um, knows about the census and you can do it starting today. Um but it has been pushed back to April 15th um, because of, you know, coronavirus. But, right. um, but yeah, so, I mean, the census is a snapshot of what your household looks like on April 1st. Yeah. I have a question. Okay. Uh, so going back to, like, the coronavirus um, pandemic that is going around, there's people that, you know, like, they're from here from the United States that are outside for certain reasons. Are they counted? Like, for example, like Susan right now, she's in Switzerland. I hope I said it right. Like, is she counted in her household household right now? 
the, um, are you a uh, Swiss um, resident? Well, she, no, she, I'm just here. No, I, no. I just got caught here because the borders closed. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> you will come in your household. Uh, if, if this is like okay. um, extraordinary circumstances, of course, like for example, like my my family is stuck here from El Salvador as well. We're not going to count them for the census as soon as the the uh, opens, <laughs> I will return back to the house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. That, that was my question because you know, like, I feel like the census coming in the very, very strange situation where a lot of you know people that lives in the United States are outside of the country, and it's like you know, like, I people just don't know if they're gonna get counted or not, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's like different um, aspects of the census, right? So they they have a whole group of people that focus specifically on counting students that live in the dorms. Or there mm. was, right? Because nobody should be living in dorms at this yeah. point, from my understanding. Yeah. Right? So th they had their own way of counting students that lived in dorms. So if you lived in a dormitory, um, then your parents would not have counted you yeah. because you were already counted. But because you are not living at a dorm anymore, then your parents should count you. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Additionally, I think um, the the no not not I don't think I know the census has uh, their own specific way of counting. For example, military, embassy, mm -hmm. um, college dorms, and people people experiencing homelessness. So everybody everybody that uh, it will be counted, but they have mm. a different method of counting, and that's kind of the logistics are. Um, kind of exclusive to the census. The census this, uh, um, has their own methodology of going about that. So, for example, the 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 question that we that people always ask: there has not been one talk, one seminar that there is not the question of how are people who are experiencing homelessness going to be counted. Mm -hmm. So, the census had planned. I'm sure it was pushed back on one day. Well, one night all over the country, the people who were experiencing homelessness were going to be counted. So everything was broken off on grids and people were going to be on foot, counting no. people in the tents, not shelters because shelters are counted a different way. So people mm -hmm. who aren't in shelters, so people wow. who live on the streets, who live in tents, okay. yeah, makeshift tents, whatever. But um, there is one way to do that. I don't know what, those days are anymore because of um the pandemic changing, yeah. yeah so i mean there, there's even been um pushback um from the bureau um like updates that they've been sending as far as um you know enumerators were supposed to start going to people's houses in may and now that's just kind of you know are are we go going to wait or is this going to be pushed back um but again if you don't want anybody knocking on your door because who likes random knocks on their doors do it online hmm. i mean phone. yeah i mean we're, you're already home <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so we I don't mean, have to wait for people to show up right yeah, because, I mean, like like we had explained earlier, we, you know, um, have been telling people, specifically uh, Latino communities and documented communities, don't open up the door. Know your rights. Mm -hmm. If somebody comes knocking on your door, you have the right not to open up the door. Okay? And, you know, 
instead of pushing for them to to learn, well, you know, if somebody from the census comes, puedes abrir la puerta. No, no le, no le tengas yeah, miedo, right? Go online, of, go to yeah, the phone. Right, and and the thing is that oh, we're we have already heard about people going knocking on doors saying that they're with the census, um, which it shouldn't be happening. Right. right. Um, okay. So if, if anybody is knocking on your doors saying that they're with the census and they're here to take your information, don't open up the door because it's not true. Right. Okay. Um, and that's something that I know what has been brought up and that people were actually um, in fear of because um, there was reports saying that ICE was going to be using that tactic. Right saying that they were with wow. the census and you know now with um this administration where they have um enforced ice raids and whatnot um, yeah it, it you know just to be safe you can call a phone number that um i'm gonna send you guys so you can post it um and and they do it at least in 13 different languages and spanish being one of them um okay. Or you could do it online and by doing it online or, or doing it over the phone because of technology, everything is updated immediately. So oh, okay. it's not like it's going to take five weeks for, for someone to figure out if you already took the census or not. One, one more thing. Uh, well, um, I'm not saying that we all leave stuff last minute because I know we ne- no, none of us do that. But one of those people that leave everything for last minute. Remember Never. that. For example, I knew that was the thing. Let me give you an example. Like, let's say that the, the, the census there was pushed back to August, for example, August 30th. If you send your, if you fill out your survey, um, August 29th, do you think that that's gonna, and you send it to the mail, and the last, you were the last, uh, the last load of mail mm-hmm. that the, the, the carrier took, do you think that's not gonna make it to an office in time to be counted? Of course not. No. So if you are one of those persons that for X, Y, and Z, you just, you know, uh, you have so many house tasks to do and you cannot get on to, uh, to your census on time, make sure that you do it. Uh, if you're going to send it out through the mail, to do it at least one week in advance before the deadline. I've been having this this uh, question. Okay, say it, say it. <laughs> one more um, question that I think I want to address for the LGBTQ um, plus community. Yes, I was going to mm. ask that. <laughs> See, we're on the same page. <laughs> um, gender. Uh, question number six mm. that you, like, mm-hmm. it only allows you sadly it only allows you to, to identify as male or female which is kind it's kind of like problematic just for um mm-hmm. you know for for the obvious because we are basically erasing the the, the other communities or not necessarily given the visibility that they, they deserve again there's nothing we can do about this census, but we def- there's definitely groups, and that are continue they continue continuously advocate for this to change, and hopefully in the next census include non-binary and trans folk as well. Uh, in the meantime, my best advice is um, try to identify uh, as closely as your gender identity um, with the within the census. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. because again, if you don't and they call you and you don't pick up, they will identify you for you. 
Mm. And that's the last thing you want is for somebody who doesn't know you to just mark down a gender because of your name. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and we understand again, like we said earlier, it, it, it's, it's all political, but that doesn't mean that 10 years from now, um, there won't be that representation. Right. Right. So um, just one more question that kind of takes us back to the basics. During which time are we supposed to fill out the census? You mentioned that it's been moved to April 15th, but when is that deadline? Well, no. So the deadline, um, I believe, has been pushed back from, oh, God. I think you have until August now to complete it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but... You can already do it online right now. Absolutely. I know where the phone as well. You can do it on okay. the phone. And I got you know it opened what? in April. I, I received my census packet, like a paper, paper, paper um, packet um, by mail about two weeks ago. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it, it, you've been, you've been, everyone's have had access, has had access to the census since mid-March. I see. So, yeah, I mean, April 1st, April 1st, we're using it as a snapshot. So whatever your house looks like, your household looks on, like on April 1st. That's what you're I using, understand. right? Um, okay. April, April 15th, it's, um, it used to be tax day, right? But coronavirus pushed back to, I think, the 30th now. Mm-hmm. Um, but April 15th is our new goal. Well, it's what the census is saying is going to be the new census day, but we're not even sure because that they said that two days ago and it, uh, you know, the administration, um, Donald Trump just came out saying yesterday that now it looks like everybody's going to have to be inside their homes until April 30th. Due, due to the, the, the changing nature of, of this, uh, of what ha- what's happening, what we could do is like probably we can check in with each other and give you updates as we get them, and maybe you can post them up on your website. Yeah, definitely. Right, we will right. do that. Right. Yeah, because I mean it, it, it's it's really important for everybody to count. I mean it, it's we're not just talking about funding, but we're talking about representation. Because um, I hate to think of us as demographics, but I mean that's that's how it's broken down to, right? So the census impacts everything from housing, education, transportation, employment, healthcare, and public policy. So if you have somebody that is looking into opening up a business in a new neighborhood, you know, the first thing that they're going to do is say, well, what are the demographics here? Is this the proper market? You know, mm-hmm. and they're not going to sit out there and explore the community for for months or years because nobody has that time, right? Um, so they're going to look at the census. What were the results of the census for this area? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and if you if you have you know four hundred thousand people not participating, um, then you know you become invisible, and that's not what we want, right? Because with invisibility, yeah. then then we have, you know, questions like the like the gender question, right? Where you only get male or female, and then questions like nine, right? Where Latino or Hispanic doesn't even count as a race. Is there any other questions or any other messages that you want to put out for the Central American community, or just anyone who's In listening? General. Um, please 
participate on the census. Uh, we have, this is an opportunity across the board for us to be uh, civically engaged with our own communities. And we don't always have the opportunity to give back to our communities or, or where we came from because for whatever reason, but this is, a, this is a chance that we can give back. And everybody that gets counted, it's money and it's resources coming into your community. So if you don't like money, I can understand why you wouldn't like it. <laughs> but if you do like money, please, you like that census and help our community stay afloat and help our help out the, the after-school programs to stay open, help the clinics to stay open, help the help the service provider, community service providers to stay open and keep continue providing services. So that will be my ultimate message. It's like, just do it. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's only eight questions. You know, we, we, we fill out more questions just to open up a Facebook account. So give more yeah. information to Facebook and Instagram than you do to the census. Mm. Yeah. So if you can do that, why not? Why not the census? Right. Um, also, if you happen to know an indigenous language, um, help out. Translate if you can. Right. Because it's really important. Uh, a lot of people from from those communities are hard hard to reach. Mm-hmm. And that is something that um, well, Julio and I have been. Um, it's been an uphill battle um, oh, yeah. tapping into indigenous communities. And, and we understand, right? Um, but thank God someone opened up the door and is working with us. And now um, we have a couple of census videos coming out um, in yes, different, yeah, different indigenous languages. So we're super stoked on that. And um, we'll definitely share that when they come out. But... Um, yeah, it, it's really important for everybody to count, regardless of citizenship. I mean, you're here, you you're count. Here, you count. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Again, Alejandra and Susan, otra, otra vez, muchísimas gracias por tenernos en este espacio y poder conversar acerca del censo. It's so important for our communities and um, ha- hoping that your reach will, you know, get to what whoever needs to get and one more important thing like now that people that are listening to this if you're listening to this understood everything and are you know on board with the census please spread it spread it like spread the information share it um, talk engage with others in conversation about the importance of the census make making sure that everyone understands that if if we if we lose we all lose right Mm -hmm. And there's nothing right. to fear in taking the census. It's simple. It, it it's easy. It's quick, and everything is confidential. So there yeah. there's really nothing to fear, and you won't lose anything by participating. If anything, you'll gain from participating. Well, thank you so much to you both, Shaharazad and Julio, for you know not only explaining the importance of the census, which I think it's universal but also coming on this podcast and preparing this information um, specifically for our communities and our concerns, which I think is can be often be overlooked, but also generally the work that you're doing. You're not only doing it on this podcast, but you're going out into our communities and assuring us, you know, you, even by using language and culture and walking us through it. So really, thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank course. you for having us here. It was a pleasure. Don't forget to check out our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Also follow us on Instagram at Centown Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Centown Voices Pod for more updates. 
And don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode.